0: The Drinking Hour on Food FM. You're listening to The Drinking Hour with David Kermode in association with the International Wine and Spirit Competition, using the best in the world to judge the best in the world. Hello and welcome to The Drinking Hour with me, David Kermode, here on Food FM. Thanks for joining us this week. The freshest form of sherry, manzanilla. We're joined from San Luca de Barrameda by Fermín Hidalgo, Eighth generation at a family run bodega that dates back to 1792. Plus, as always, your recommendations from the IWSC Hall of Fame. The Drinking Hour on Food FM. Manzanilla. Salty, tangy, revitalising. It is truly the freshest of sherries thanks to its ageing in the humid coastal town of San Luca de Barrameda on the Atlantic coast of Andalusia. Its biggest brand in terms of international profile is La Gitana, meaning Gypsy Woman, uh, produced by the ninth oldest company in Spain and the third oldest sherry house, Bodega Hidalgo, now run by the eighth generation of the Hidalgo family. I was uh, fortunate enough to visit San Luca uh, last week, where I met Fermin Hidalgo, who joins us uh, from there now. Uh, Fermin, welcome. Uh, Great to uh, chat with you uh, again. Uh, Manzanilla, I described it in the introduction there as the most refreshing of sherrys, uh, somewhat like Fino for those who are not familiar with Manzanilla, but also uh, distinctively different as well. Uh, just tell us about how that uh, coastal location of San Luca gives Manzanilla its special character.
1: Okay, Manzanilla, I would say that Manzanilla is the the finest Fino, the more elegant, the more Suitable. The more, uh, for example, we I, I like to say that that fino is male and manzanilla is female, so like like you know like <laughs> humans. That the reason of that different is just the location of the of the wineries, the location of Sanlucar itself. For example, our main vineyard, uh, El Cuadrado, that you visit recently, uh, is in Jerez. But I the wines in our wineries in san lucar so san lucar has is a harbor uh, is by the sea in front of san lucar across the river guadalquivir we have uh, one of the biggest national parks in europe uh, Doñana, and also san lucar because of how uh, where it is it doesn't have the influence of the east winds the east winds in this area of Spain are very, very, very hot. So let's say that at the end of the day, San Luca has more mild temperature and the influence of the sea breeze is is much higher. And all that is what it makes possible, manzanilla. And manzanilla can only happen in San Luca because of all this.
0: And uh, that's a good introduction i think uh, to, to paint a picture of, of where you are as you mentioned i was lucky enough to come to visit you Uh, last week. And if you stand in the square in uh, San Luca, um, then you have, as you said, uh, from the west, you've got the Atlantic Ocean, uh, just uh, sort of those Atlantic breezes uh, coming in at you uh, from the west. And then, as you mentioned, you have the mainland of of Spain, of uh, Andalusia, those hot winds um, coming from the interior, from the east. Just explain to us um, how manzanilla is made and how that cooler climate uh, works in terms of the aging process with uh, manzanilla in the bodega.
1: First, manzanilla is a wine that is produced under the Solera system. That means that 99.9% of the manzanillas are produced in this system that is basically a blending system of different vintages. In the barrels, the cast, we don't fill it until the top. And on the surface of the wine, we have uh, a yeast that appears. Uh, We don't do anything, it just appears. And that yeast is kind of a film on the surface of the wine. That yeast interacts with the wine And for example, give that special saltiness that Manzanilla has, and especially uh, La Gitana. Uh, I would say that La Gitana is probably uh, the saltiest Manzanilla. Uh, Actually, I would say that if you ask me what is your main characteristic across all your wines, I I would say saltiness, finesse, elegance. And the reason is that this yeast, besides giving saltiness, also protects wine from oxidation. And these yeast live better in Sanlúcar than in Jerez or El Puerto de Santa Maria because of what we talk about the climate, the the special location of Sanlúcar that makes a a special, very special microclimate here in Sanlúcar that microclimate make a stronger yeast, a yeast that protects better the wine from oxidation, a yeast that is more active, and that makes possible that manzanillas, and especially La Gitana, is the finest and the saltiest manzanilla.
0: It is very refreshing, isn't it? On a hot day, it was very hot uh, when I was there last week, but I know it gets a lot hotter than that. It's really uh despite being salty and and quite savory in character it is incredibly refreshing isn't it
1: it is it is uh you i always recommend to have it a like a, a, the same temperature that a white wine and and that uh, saltiness make the wine very fresh and also something really important that i would like to mention is that manzanillas they are not just an aperitif. Actually, uh, we we had a, a whole course with Manzanilla last week when you were here. Mm. Manzanilla goes is I would say is one of the best gastronomic wines in terms that it goes really well with anything, uh, anything that swims, anything like uh, fish, any type of fish. For example, sea bass, it goes re- great. Also, goes really well with tuna. Uh, langoustines, vegetables. Uh, it's a, a great wine to pair with food, and that freshness uh, make uh, the wine. I mean, you can have quite a few glasses of wine. Yes, it's not just an aperitif. Is what I meant.
0: No, I, I certainly did have quite a few glasses of Manzanilla because it's very um, easy uh, to drink it um, quite rapidly and kind of forget that it's fifteen um, percent. Um, but then it's it's not a in any way uh, heavy. It's 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 very light and nimble uh, on its feet, which is why it's so refreshing and so easy to to, to drink quite uh, rapidly. Just um, uh, elaborate a little on that uh, seafood because I was. Amazed in San Luca. I don't think I've ever been to a place that has so much seafood. I mean, the menus in the places that you go to eat must be 95% seafood.
1: Definitely. Uh, San Luca is the second most important uh, harbor in Andalucía, in all Andalusia. We have a fleet of 150 uh, boats fishing. Basically, from from Monday through Saturday, uh, and and the tradition here has been always having a lot of seafood. I mean, we have been looking for we have been looking into the into the sea. What is amazing is that uh, having such a big amount of, of of seafood, we have probably the best wine to pair with them. Uh, I always say, for example, Saluber is very well known. For langoustines, king Proms. I, I always say that, that the langoustine is the husband of slajitana because it's very, really, really, really good. Nowadays, there is a, a little trend uh, that we are having different uh, dishes. It's, it's not just seafood, but if you are thinking in Sanlúcar, you are thinking in seafood.
0: It is also the gastronomic capital of Spain this year, isn't it? It is, it is.
1: And it's the first time that uh, it has been chosen a a city that is not the capital of the province. I think this is the 16th uh, edition. And for the first time, it has been chosen a, a, a little town. A little town is little, but it has such a broad range of food especially as we have been mentioned seafood that for us make us really proud that we have been chosen
0: i bet yeah well it you were worthy of that based on uh, what uh, i was eating uh last week it's um so incredibly fresh uh, that's what uh, uh I, I went away with as a as a kind of um, as a as, as a lasting memory it's uh it's incredible the place is buzzing as well even though it is uh, really um, quite small, as you say. Um, let's head out of San Luca up to the vineyards, um, because if a, a sherry is going to be biologically aged, so it's going to have that floor um, in the barrel, as you explained, uh, with the yeast, um, does it really matter what quality the grapes are that go into it?
1: Like in, 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 in any other wine, the the grape is is key. You know, the terroir uh, is basic in every single uh, part of the world that produce uh, wine. Uh, probably here, people don't talk a lot about, uh, about the grapes, the soil, the vineyards, because not many wineries own vineyards. Let's say that 60% of the vineyards are owned by co, co- members, cooperative members. So probably because not many wineries own vineyards, we haven't talked a lot about the, about the, the vineyards, the grapes. However, we are very lucky that we don't, we don't buy any grapes from other people. We are self-sufficient. We have 120 hectares of vines. And I have to say that, that the vineyard is key in the whole process definitely is key. For example, we have, I, th- I, I always say that, that we are very lucky because we don't have one terroir, you know, the classic terroir that people may think like the climate, the soil. We have a bubble terroir. We have the classic terroir, but also the terroir of the, of the winery. And I mean how the winery is built and where it's built. For example, a, our wineries, has very high ceilings they are cathedral style wineries they are the, the, the tallest one that we have is, is san luis St. luis is 14.5 meters high we want the height uh, in order to uh, to the hot uh, the hot air to go up during the summer and where the casts are had uh, a cooler temperature and also we are very close to the sea 400 meters from the sea so that's another terroir. Uh, what, uh, let me give you an example. If, if, I have a, if I take the the wine that I get from, from the vineyard, I mean, we do the vinification in the vineyard. If I take it to a, another winery, let's say a winery that it, ha- it doesn't have so high ceilings, and they are farther away from the sea, I wouldn't produce. La Gitana. I would produce a Manzanilla, but I wouldn't I wouldn't produce a a Manzanilla like La Gitana. That is probably the finest, the saltiest Manzanilla. It would be Manzanilla, but it wouldn't be as good as La
0: Gitana is. Mm, It's a very good point uh, that uh, particularly uh, in sherry and most especially in Manzanilla, uh, terroir as we think of it, um, extends well beyond um, the soil and and beyond the vineyard uh, to, as you say, that cathedral of of winemaking, because it is a most beautiful building you describe with that uh, enormous uh, ceiling. It's considerably bigger than many cathedrals um, that I can think of. Um, So, yeah, it's a really uh, important factor. Um, Going back to the soil, I was struck by how pale the soil was. So we're we're dealing with Palomino Fino here, of course, uh, the grape variety, Uh, but the terroir itself, the soils are really almost white, aren't they? They are,
1: they are. Actually the soil name is Albariza and Alba comes from Latin and means white in in Spanish. And we are uh, our main vineyard, El Cuadrado, Cuadrado, that is a hundred hectares, is one of the best vineyard because the quality of the of the soil. We sometimes in some areas of the vineyard we we get even ninety percent of carbon calcium, and the reason of being so wide is because of that cam- carbon calcium that comes from the the millions of years ago when all this area was an interior sea. So if you remember the main vineyard, El Cuadrado, is in a hill. That means that that hill is made of fossils from diatomies, fishes, algae, from, from things that has carbon calcium. That's why it's so wide. And the main character, one of the main characteristic of the soil is that it has the, the ability to retain a lot of water. If you see in a microscope, a, a grain of, of the soil, it would be like a marine sponge. Here we don't have a lot of water, but the soil is able to retain a lot of water. If you dig uh, a couple of feet, you will you will find way, moisture, a lot of moisture. So So thanks to that, that soil, we can have a, we, we can have vineyard here. Because if not, we, for example, we have been uh, uh, suffering severe drought for the last four four years and irrigation is not possible. It's not allowed. And another thing that gives us Albariza, the soil, is that it gets a lot of minerality to the wine.
0: Mm, It does. And you can really taste it. And it's interesting. uh, You talk about those fossils and uh, the soils being at one stage under the seabed or they formed the seabed, I suppose. Um, you showed us a map, and many thousands of years ago, Seville, which I think of as inland and very hot, um, Seville was actually on the sea, wasn't it? Uh, Seville used to have
1: uh, a beach. I wouldn't say thousands of years ago. I would say maybe millions of years ago. But, but in a certain point of history, they, uh, they had they had a little bit of sea. And all this area, the mouth of the uh, Guadalquivir River, uh, was way up, was closer to Seville. Nowadays, it's in Sanlúcar, and all this area, thousands of hectares, was uh, was flooded with with the
0: the interior sea. I, I had no idea until uh, I visited uh, last week, but it does make sense when you uh, look at the landscape and you. Uh, have a a rummage around and uh, and and look at the soils as well Uh, tell us a bit more about palomino fino because it is a great variety um, that um, is sometimes overshadowed by the fact that it is um, in a process that is sherry production but it does also make some very significant uh, still wines in its own right as well doesn't it
1: Right. Actually, uh, we in, to- in 2015 we released a uh, still white wine, 100% from Palomino, and this uh, you tasted Las Trenta del Cuadrado. It's um, a white wine with a lot of character. People may think uh, that Palomino, Palomino grape, just work in, just work good for for cherries. Uh, and that you cannot produce uh, good quality steel white wines. And maybe sometimes that is true. And it's true when you have really young vines that let's say that they can produce in a regular year, 15,000 kilos. They, that, that grape wouldn't be really tasty, not very sugar. Uh, well, a little bit of sugar, it would be sweet, a little bit, but not acidity mm. or very low acidity. So, in those conditions, you cannot produce top quality steel white wines. However, in the case of Las 30 del Cuadrado, this is steel white wine, we are using a parcel uh, of vines that is 30 acres and the vines are 65 years old. So, in that parcel, we get 10% of what we get in the regular young uh, vineyard. Let's say we got 1500 kilos per hectare. So it's very little, but those grapes have a lot of character and actually the acidity is even higher. So we use for steel white wines, we use those, those grapes that give, a, give to the wine uh, much more flavors, aromas, uh more complexity than regular steel white wine palomingos
0: it's a delicious wine and um you've had to go through a process um with the uh, regulatory body the uh, do um to uh, have permission uh, to create a wine that is uh, a still wine that is not fortified as uh, sherry is um, just um Tell us why you decided to do that and also when we can expect to see this uh, new product on the market. Well,
1: we decided to do that because the quality of the vineyard, Uh, that vineyard, very old vineyard. The vineyards are like human. You know, when you got certain age, you may not run very fast, but you are very very knowledgeable. You are very intelligent, you know? Uh, so the, the same thing happened to to, to the vineyards. Uh, we think the future of sherry is in some way uh, to do what we used to do uh, decades ago. And producing a still white wine here in this, in this area, we used to do it in the past, like uh, 50, 60, 100 years ago. But suddenly, people start to forget about the steel white wines and they start uh, focusing just in sherry. So what we did is, why don't we go back to our origin and produce top quality steel white wine as my great grandfather used to do? And that was the reason of releasing this steel white wine that, on the other hand, helped us introduce people into the sherry, because even though it's a still white wine, not fortified, it has some hint of manzanilla. But for people that is not used to manzanilla, maybe this wine is more gentle. So it's an introduction into manzanillas and therefore into sherries.
0: And where are you with the change in the rules with the DO?
1: Well, uh, actually, I'm a member of the DO, uh, and we are working to to be able to have the, the stamp of the DO in these steel white wines. Hopefully soon we will be able to, to sell sherries but steel white wine cherries. Uh, moreover, we are working in, a, in, in being able to produce, for example, manzanillas, but unfortified manzanillas, because the regulation now Says that you have to fortify the manzanilla. You have to go 15% and above, but you have to fortify. However, uh, because we know the regulation is going to change, we, we are about to release an unfortified vintage manzanilla. That is something very rare, very unique. We are the first one doing that there is no fino neither manzanilla that is unfortified and vintage and hopefully we will have that on the market pretty soon
0: it's very exciting and having tasted it it's you know a really delicious wine so i'm uh, uh, very excited to see that available um, on the market um something else we tasted together um on rama uh, manzanilla um and I love the on-rama uh, sort of natural um, style. Uh, just explain uh, what on-rama is. Okay,
1: um, if you are thinking in classic La Gitana or in in any other manzanilla or fino that may come to your mind, before battling, we have to filter, we have to stabilize uh, in order to um, to. To make the wine more stable and being able to have it on the shelf for a longer time. However, the enrama version of La Gitana is a. Is, it just has a very gentle filtration. It's basically, if you open a glass, I mean, a bottle of of La Gitana and Rama in your house, it would be, it would taste exactly the same as if you are having it, in inside the, vine- the 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 cellar, the winery. It's pure, I mean the, the filtration is really, really gentle. We just do it in order not to get anything on the wine. Uh, so it's a great experience. It's the way to to drink it, the best way to drink it. Maybe it's uh, a little bit more complex. So maybe the first time if you 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 are not very used to to manzanillas, you will go at the beginning for for classic La Gitana, but once you have certain experience drinking La Gitana, you will realize that La Gitana and en, Rama is a step forward.
0: Mm-hmm. Yeah, I, I would I think start off with the regular La Gitana because it's so cold and refreshing and saline and and just delicious, and then uh, move on to the on Rama I think, and then I would move on. Uh, to um, my uh, favourite wine that I tasted while I was uh, with you last week, uh, Pastrana, which is um, available uh, in the UK. Um, It's in uh, Majestic Wine, I think it's in Waitrose as well. And it's uh, uh, actually incredibly good value for what it represents. Just uh, tell us what um, Hidalgo Pastrana is.
1: Pastrana is a project that we are very proud of it. Uh, thank you for your comments by the way david uh,
0: you're welcome i loved it i absolutely <laughs> loved it
1: a uh, pastrana uh, is, is the first single vineyard manzanilla again we are very focused in the vineyards and we select a very special uh, vineyard that is by very close to the sea just a couple of kilometers away from from the sea, so it's really special. It has a very special character. Uh, and it's a manzanilla that we have been aging uh, for 12 years, average aging 12 years. So we start the project in, in the 80s. We released it uh, beginning of the 90s. People that really like wines love this wine. It is more complex than La Gitana or La Gitana en Rama. It has a little bit more body. It has a hint of nuts, very gentle hints of nuts. I mean, it's not a manzanilla that is, you may not know if it's a manzanilla or a very light amontillado. It's a a 100% manzanilla that go very well, not just with, with, with seafood, but also with charcuterie, aged charcuterie, again, very gastronomic wine. It's a wine that we are very proud that uh, El Bulli, Ferran Adrià, this restaurant that most of you will will know uh, Mm. was the best restaurant in Spain for many years. They always use pastran to pair with any dish that had jamón ibérico.
0: It's uh, delicious, as I said. And yes, El Bulli was not just the the most famous restaurant in Spain it was probably the most famous restaurant in the world uh, at one stage so the fact that they paired that with hamon uh, ibérico and it is the most sensational uh, pairing which um visitors to your uh winery to your bodega uh, can experience uh, for themselves uh, i suspect uh, because you have a uh, tours and you have a, a restaurant on site just um explain how you have uh, gone beyond production at um Hidalgo, um, to kind of embrace tourism and the visitor experience.
1: Yeah, we want to to offer to our customers a whole experience. Uh, we are not just a, a, a winery. We are we are a family winery that we open the doors to 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 everyone, and you can you can have a tour in the vineyard then you can move uh, let's say you can have a tour uh, early morning on the vineyard then go to the winery uh, Have a tour in the winery and then have a half lunch uh, a lunch for example you can have a lunch paired with cherry in our restaurant in trebotas the meaning is in between cars because it's a it's a restaurant that is in a patio that is surrounded by uh, two wineries. That's the reason of the name. It's a classic, uh, decorated. Well, it's not that classic. I mean, it's very uh, minimalistic. Maybe the the restaurant we use a stave for for lamps, for example.
0: Yes, they're uh, really. I love those lights. It's it's actually very contemporary. Uh, the look of the restaurant, I think.
1: Uh, you are right. You are right. And the food we offer, uh, San Luca products, but with a twist of, of modern cuisine, but just a little twist, you know, uh, we, we focus in the product. We don't want to intervene a lot on the product because uh, again, at the beginning, we were talking about the seafood. Here we have great seafood, great vegetables. So, you don't have to do much in order to
0: enjoy it. Tell us a bit more about the history of uh, Bodegas Hidalgo. Um, You are, uh, as your name suggests, a Hidalgo yourself. Um, So you mentioned already it's uh, family owned. Um, The family ownership goes back a very long way, doesn't it? Right.
1: Uh, We are from 1792 the third oldest sherry house, but the oldest is still owned by the same family of the founder. We are the ninth oldest company in Spain, no matter the industry. Sometimes I said it's a miracle, but what I think, really think is that something good we are doing in order to, to be on business for the last 230 years. We have, for example, a, uh, two brands that, that we are very proud of them, one is Napoleon, our amontillados are Napoleon, and our Palo Cortados are Wellington. And these two names come from the Peninsula Wars back at the beginning of 19th century, when the French invade Spain. We have a battalion of French people uh, very close to, to San Lucar, and we got an agreement with them to sell wine. Uh, and they came to, to the winery, they select like, the wines, and one day choose the cast we put on the cast napoleon to help us against the french we start selling selling that same wine to the british under the brand wellington and actually recently we got an agreement with the duke of wellington about the, the this brand
0: you are most famous of course for la gitana uh, the manzanilla that's iconic on uh the, the shelves of anywhere that sells uh, good sherry First of all, before we talk about the other sherries you produce, let's talk about La Gitana, because this is a reference uh, to a gypsy lady, isn't it?
1: It is, it is. and um, uh, It dates back to to late nine, uh, 19th century. Uh, at that time, uh, besides uh, selling wine on battle, uh, by the way, we are the oldest bachelor in the whole area. At that time, we also sell wine on bull. And one of our customers was a a gypsy lady. Uh, That is what La Gitana means, gypsy woman. This woman had a a wine shop uh, in Malaga. And when we sell the wine on bull to to her, we said, okay, this is, we didn't use a brand. Uh, At that time, wine on bull was sold with no brand. Uh, Probably was okay. Here, here you have uh, the Manzanilla from the Hidalgo's family. And in Málaga, people start to say, oh, uh, this, this wine is amazing. This is uh, the, 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 the Gypsy Lady uh, wine is unbelievable. It's so good. That rumor was heard by one of my ancestors, and he decided to, to, to meet her. So he went to Málaga, and finally he had an affair with the, with the lady. And, and he has a famous painter here in Andalucía. To, to paint her. And something very, very I don't know, very interesting is that the, the painter decides to paint it in a tambourine. So if you take a close look to, to La Gitana label, you will be able to, to, uh, to see that it's painted over a tambourine, something very Andalusian, very flamenco, you know, flamenco dancing, singing. So we're very proud of having such a logo.
0: Mm, you don't know her name though, do you?
1: No, no, unfortunately we we don't know we don't know the name. We don't know the name.
0: Tell us a bit about the other sherries you produce because um Hidalgo is most famous for La Gitana, as I mentioned, but um the Hidalgo name is also associated with a whole raft of different sherries uh, across the sherry spectrum, isn't it?
1: It is. I, we we produce the whole rain of cherries. Uh, we are very focused in manzanillas. Uh, actually, the first book about cherry was written by a British writer, Henry Visatelli, back in the in the 1800s. Uh, and at that time he already say on the book that we were the best and the the best producers for, for Manzanilla. So since the beginning, we have been focused in Manzanilla production. However, we produce the whole range. We produce Amontillados, Olorosos, Palo Cortados, also uh, blend cherries like cream, for example, pale cream. and. We are very, very proud of, uh, especially of our uh, Amontillados olorosos San Palo Cortado. For example, we, our Palo Cortado Wellington, V-O-R-S, is uh, the, the oldest wine that we have. It's an average age of 70 years. However, we do carbon-14 tests to this wine and we find traces of wine that is 250 years old. It, those traces are older than the winery itself. Remember, we this year we turned 230 years. That wine has traces 250 years. That means that the first generation of my family bought that wine. And because of the Soleta system, we are going always to have particles of wine from that date. So uh, it's, I think it's something amazing.
0: Mm. It is. And your amontillado, Napoleon, the 30 years old uh, uh, um is just the most delicious, kind of wonderful, um, nutty delight. Um, a, a lot has been said about there being a renaissance in Sherry, that it's back in fashion. Is that something that you are seeing?
1: Yes, it's something that we are seeing, the awareness that we are having. Uh, people, journalists are... Uh, writing a lot about about Sherry. Sherry was a uh, elite wine back in the 50s, then probably 70s, 80s, start to become a commodity. Uh, and now uh, there is a trend that hopefully uh, will make our wines to be where they deserve to be. Uh, the quality of the wines are here, are in the wines, but unfortunately, a wine as many other things is a matter of fashions so i think there will be a comeback and we will become fashionable anymore i don't want to hear anymore that sherry is a grandma's wine you know what i mean
0: mm-hmm. oh yeah well the people i see uh appreciating uh dry sherries uh in in bars in london are definitely not uh grandmothers they're uh, considerably <laughs> Uh, younger than me uh, uh, unfortunately but it's great um, uh, to see it what do you think is the future uh, for sherry because you mentioned there that you're uh, making a a still wine that is not fortified already what do you see as the future
1: i see the future uh, on that on still white wines on producing top quality still white wine that introduce people into sherry's. Uh, the future is also producing vintage cherries. Uh, as I said, we will release uh, 2017 unfortified vintage manzanilla. Uh, I think the future it would be that, but without forgetting about the classic. Manzanillas, uh, the classic La Gitana. We have to, uh, we have to develop new products in the, in those trends and for uh, vintage, still white wines. But always uh, remember that uh, everything is starting in the Solera system. Everything star in, in in wines in Manzanillas like La Gitana.
0: Final question that I tend to ask guests on the drinking hour. Um, if you're stuck on a desert island um, and you're only allowed um, one bottle of something, uh, I'm guessing it's going to be sherry in your case. Um, what are you going to choose for that desert island?
1: David, just one bottle?
0: Yeah, I'm afraid so.
1: Oh, difficult. Difficult difficult to tell. I think, I think that the best wine we produce in the sherry area is an amontillado that comes from Manzanilla. But Amontillado is a wine that uh, you have to drink it in certain moments. I think Manzanilla is more versatile. Let's put it that way. Mm. So I would stay with La Gitana and Rama
0: yeah that would be nice on a desert island i think because it's also got some real complexity there that could keep you occupied in terms of uh, not getting bored on the desert island because there's so much complexity in that on rama
1: right right and probably i will have to fish you know you know to to feed myself so yeah. it would be great to have some fish with lakitan and rama
0: yeah this sounds like uh, quite a, an attractive desert island actually i have to say but um yeah that that sounds like a very good idea um i know you are very busy at the moment you're in harvest already um, in uh, the middle of uh, August, you've been at it, uh, you know, uh, more than a week already, uh, which is uh, very early. So we shall leave you to get back to uh, your harvest uh, responsibilities. Um, thank you so much uh, for having me last week, and thank you for joining us on the Drinking Hour, Firmin.
1: My pleasure. Thank you very much, David.
0: The Drinking Hour on Food FM. You're listening to the Drinking Hour with David kermode in association with the International Wine and Spirit Competition. Using the best in the world to judge the best in the world. Well, as ever, before we go, there's just time to bring you a selection of medal winners from the IWSC 2022 Hall of Fame. And uh, we're not venturing far from the uh, Sherry Triangle this week. Well, we are, but only at the end, uh, more later. Uh, For obvious reasons, let's kick off with uh, a manzanilla uh, from another of the great names in San Luca de Barrameda, La Guita, Manzanilla on Rama, non-vintage. This was a silver medal winner with 92 points. Uh, The judging panel, including Dersu Viana Jr., MW, a previous guest on The Drinking Hour, uh, who was in charge of the uh, panel that day, and also Matthew Forster, MW, Uh, they said this, finely balanced yet gutsy fresh apple fruit grilled almonds intense saline tang and smoky with a long finish and this is onrama this is the raw from the cask style to which Fermin referred um, earlier on really delicious if you haven't tried an onrama before here's another for Uh, This time, one of the uh, German discounters that did very well, a silver medal again, Aldi Specially Selected Manzanilla Non-Vintage, this one made by uh, Jose Estevez. Uh, The same judging panel gave this one a silver with 90 points. Uh, Here's their tasting note. Rounded, refreshing palette, delicate citrus, white balsamic and iodine notes with saline character. Next, uh, one from the uh, Bodega Hidalgo portfolio. Uh, This one is actually a vermouth this time. Uh, The sherry houses are really rather expert at uh, making vermouth. Uh, Bodega Hidalgo Lagitana vermouth. A bronze medal winner. Here's what the judging panel, which included Shannon Tebay, the cocktail queen, ex uh, head bartender at the Savoy, and our guest in the first episode of this current series of The Drinking Hour. This is what that panel, with uh, Shannon on board, uh, had to say uh, Rich Oloroso nose, luscious and fruity on the palate, think raisins and Christmas cake. Uh, Yum. Fomin and I were talking primarily about Manzanilla, of course, but we also touched on Amontillado. It's more oxidative cousin, lovely and nutty. Uh, So here's a gold medal-winning example, uh, González Bias uh, del uh, Duque, V-O-R-S, Amontillado, non-vintage, given 95 points by uh, a panel which included, amongst others, uh, Master of Wine, Mick O'Connell a uh, guest some time ago here on the drinking hour too and also matthew forster mw this is the tasting note aromas of peanut brittle and whiskey on the nose complex spicy palate with plenty of exotic woods ginger and walnut very nicely made with great persistence a complete and powerful amontillado with superb balance complexity and length delicious to drink and i promised you we would uh, venture a little uh, further from the sherry triangle uh, at the end uh, here's one to round off with it's a whiskey that uses an old manzanilla cask uh, to influence the uh, maturation process for the whiskey uh, cavallon distillery solist manzanilla sherry single cask strength single malt whiskey A silver medal winner with 92 points from a panel that included Dawn Davis, MW, head buyer at Speciality Drinks, another previous guest on The Drinking Hour talking rum. She's great fun. Uh, And also Colin Hampton-White, the whiskey expert. Here's what they had to say. Coffee, syrupy molasses and notes of Oloroso show themselves on the nose. A generous and indulgent palate with rich chocolate and prune flavors balanced by... Uh, a fresh eucalyptus character. And that is it for another episode of The Drinking Hour here on Food FM. My thanks to uh, Fermín Hidalgo for a uh, great chat about one of my favourite subjects, sherry, most especially Manzanilla. And if you've never tried Manzanilla, where have you been? Uh, Make sure you do. Um, Next week, uh, we celebrate the culmination of Series 6 of The Drinking Hour with our special highlights edition. Do join us for that. Uh, In the meantime, though, thanks for listening and goodbye. The Drinking Hour on Food FM. You're listening to The Drinking Hour with David Kermode in association with the International Wine and Spirit Competition, using the best in the world to judge the best in the world.